Warm to you, my general. My name Blocker. Welcome to this week's episode of Gary and Peanuts. Gary and Peanuts is a podcast where I attempt to provide sustenance and an understanding of varied world topics through the lens of a young Negro from the city. So, today's episode is going to be a multitude of topics, and I'm going to be going kind of fast, so walk with a G. The Kamala Harris campaign ended, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. On one end, if you remember my You Ain't Gotta Lie to Kick It episode, I was never a fan of Kamala Harris. But at the same time, I understand that for the Democratic Party, black women represent an important voting bloc. As such, I wonder how in the age of representation, the Democratic Party is going to fare without at least one black female candidate on the ticket. Now, some have rumored that Stacey Abrams might be a VP for some, and she has indicated that she was willing to be a vice president for any other nominee, for any other candidate that ended up being nominated through the primary process. Still, the notion of a black woman having to be a subordinate once again in order to access power doesn't sit well with me. Like, as I said in my other episode, I'm not a Kamala fan. If you ask me profoundly, it's... Forevermore, fuck the police. But I wonder, many black women have pointed out the way in which they feel like part of the coverage in this election surrounding Kamala was due to the fact that she was a black woman. Some have mentioned the fact that she had a white husband. Others have brought up a Jamaican heritage. Her own father wrote a hit piece. Well, we're not going to call it a hit piece, but he wrote some disparaging things about her. And as a dark-skinned Negro, you know, I'm always wary of these talented 10% type light-skinned Negroes that pledge all these divine nines and then try to come tell you they're going to save the Negroes after participating in the oppression of Negroes. Boom. But at the same time, I think there's valid points to be made about the way in which her coverage had a racial bias. Cory Booker is still in the race, and he's, I think, the only black person still in the race, if my memory serves me correct. But he won't be on the next debate stage. Julian Castro will not also will also not be on the next debate stage. It leaves questions. It leaves questions. And so to pivot to that, I'd also like to talk about the campaign of uh, Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. According to the black people on the ground in South Bend, Indiana, it's kind of insensitive to racial issues. I try to take the word of black people when it comes to these type of things. On top of that, he was a veteran. He worked for McKenzie in Iraq and Afghanistan, essentially like what being providing support for like Department of Defense contracting. And who knows what that could mean? That could mean like doing taxes, you know, for somebody's office. That could also mean participating in enhanced interrogation or any sort of number of activities. Real questions must be asked about that, but the level of scrutiny he's not facing is truly fascinating to me. The way in which people have coalesced around him and embraced him as if he's the second coming is truly fascinating for me to watch because I wonder why Kamala couldn't get similar support. 
I wonder why, institutionally speaking, there seemed to be a reticence towards her campaign. And so I say that to say this. If the Democrats are serious about 2020, and most of their base are quote-unquote people of color, I have some issues with the term, but we'll discuss this at another time. How prepared are they to win 2020? If the institutions are so willing to dismiss necessary voices of colors from the conversation, how ready are they really to win 2020? I think this presumption made by some that people of color lack the self-awareness to decide to not participate if they no longer see what's beneficial for them is one that's based in hope and idealism. I mean, we can only go back to the Hillary campaign. I think 74,000 was the final number Trump went by in those five swing states. There were 74,000 people. There were 74,000 people of color in those swing states. Why did they not show up? But we shall see. Peace. Peace.